Listener Production. Kickpod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast. The Yulukut Wulan clan of the Boomerang, who are a part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickpod, your DNM on the stuff that matters, but also the stuff that doesn't. One, two, three, Hello. Hello. The nasal gals are here. We're here. We're here. And before we get into it, I have to say, I gave you a new rule yesterday for our friendship. And I just want to say it on the microphone so you never break it. I'm so confused. Where is this going? You're never allowed to let me eat two egg curry wraps at the airport again because I felt so sick on the plane yesterday and... Egg curry mayonnaise, it looks like a good idea in a wrap in moderation. You had one half yeah. and then you also had a half of a ham and cheese. Well, it was actually a sandwich. bizarre sandwich that Actually, I had. It was, what was it? No, it wasn't a Reuben, but it was something. It had like sauerkraut, sauerkraut and, stuff and in it. some type of random cheese. Do you and maybe it was the sandwich. Pastrami. Maybe not the. No. It was definitely. Yeah. So then we had that and then you decided to go back for seconds I for was the hungry. egg wrap. That's fine that you are hungry, but like interesting choice to go back. I should have got to the curry egg half of the sandwich. So anyway, that is I was just like all I could think about on the way home was just your stomach. Oh, I could just it was in my throat. Yeah. So that's a new rule. If I ever go back for a second egg wrap, say just one laws. Think about it. <laughs> Get some toast. Have instead. some sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on from uh, egg curry wraps. We've got an update. Something <laughs> dropping into kick that has nothing to do with egg wraps. Someone. And something. Yeah. Someone. Gross. Steffi, t- <laughs> <laughs> take it away before I keep talking about eggs. <laughs> this is so exciting, guys. We have a new trainer in the app, and her name is Sammy Rose. And Sammy Rose is a match made in heaven for kick because. Every value that she stands by is so aligned to kicks. When we found her, we were just in awe of everything that she does. And we are just so excited for you guys to try her masterclasses. So her masterclasses are strength-based masterclasses. There's a mixture of free weights and equipment-free options. But they're so great. If you love strength training, you're going to love Sammy's classes. And outside of her strength masterclasses, she's also got some body confidence affirmations as well dropping into the app because Sammy is also a body confidence coach. And we're just so excited for you guys to get to know her. We are going to have her on the KickPod very shortly so you can get to know her even more. But yes, please go and try her masterclasses. They're in the app now and they're so great. Truly, Sam very exciting. incredible. Yes. And we're so excited to and share. If you're not on the Kick app already. Remember, we've got a seven-day free trial you can head to our new website, domain. Domain. The website is the same, new domain, kickapp.com. Woo! But I think if you still enter the old domain, well, I know, it it will redirect for you. it should. You could just type kick into Google and you will also find us. And you can also find us on Apple Store and Google Play. And now, for today's show. Okay, Laws, I've been wanting to talk about something that's, kind of going on. It's very, very current for me right now that I'm going through, but I knew that I was probably going to want to talk about it like a lot. And our segments are generally kind of short. 
So yes. thank you for allowing me the space because oh, today's I'm episode in charge is... of this. Mandy is. <laughs> today's episode is kind of going to be one really long segment on a particular thing. And it's kind of based around things that might have been said to you from a young age, maybe has continued to be something that's said to you for the rest of your life. And it's something that you base a lot of your worth on. And we speak about this a lot. We've spoken about this on the podcast before you know, being really careful of your choice of words when you're talking to other people and things that can impact you from a young age, how they can kind of come back up as you're older. I don't want to use the word trauma, but... Well, I mean, it's something we spoke about too with Harry Garside. He brought up something that was said to him when he was in primary school. Yes. And he still has it in his head. Yeah, exactly. And so I think there's been like a number of conversations that have been had recently where I've had like a few aha moments that I've kind of been like... Okay, I can kind of more deeply understand why I feel the way I do in certain situations. And I've only seen a psychologist twice, and, and it wasn't for this. But what I got, well, maybe it probably was in well, some I way. You don't really know. I don't really know. Yeah. I only went well, twice. You know, I but you don't. Yeah. I think what was the most amazing thing from those sessions is just being able to speak rawly and honestly about how I was feeling and knowing that the person wasn't going to have any. Biased opinion. No, they're like d- that. a third party that has is confidential. Yeah, and, totally. Yeah. And this is kind of going to be a little bit of a therapy session for me today, but I haven't spoken to anyone about this. We've obviously touched on it. I mean, you're my best friend, so we obviously have a lot of honest conversations with each other. But I think this is something that I may have probably covered about 80% of with you. From a young age, I would say that the number one thing that I got complimented for or praised for was my appearance from like the time that I was a very, very young girl. And I didn't hate it. I loved it, but it was also kind of all I knew. Aside from my parents, like they were always so supportive. They always spoke so proudly of my sporting achievements, um, how creative I was. Like they did see other things. But I feel like with your parents, unfortunately, we assume that they have this bias and that they just love you for who you are and they're not like, their compliments are nice, but it's like the other external validation that you search for, right? Which is sad because it should matter (laughs) somewhat. And I'm glad that they did because I know not everyone has that either, that kind of support at home. But from my peers and anyone else that I came across in life, and it did continue on, I mean, till this day more often than not, what I'm complimented for or praised for is my appearance. And I think what that did was I feel like, and this is, this is also something that came up in our conversation with Harry when he said that he was called dumb by some teachers. I got called dumb in high school. It wasn't by a teacher, but it was by peers. Um, and then some other teachers would throw away other comments like that I wasn't going anywhere in life. And when I started speaking about the fact that I wanted to be a model which probably was due to the fact that everyone was just constantly telling me that I was good looking. And so it's like, what do you do with that in life? Hmm, maybe modeling or performing in some way. People then started to tell me that it was a dead end job and then I was going to go nowhere. So then I started to be like, oh, what, what hope do I have in life? And apparently I'm not smart. No one's really, I'm not like top of the class in sport. And so, and then even in, in art, like I was good, but I wasn't like that person that was like going to end up in museums. So I was kind of like, what am I going to do with my life? So I really lent into the whole looks thing. And I did create this whole thing about like my whole worth and 
everything, the external validation that I searched for was all about the way I looked. And then I obviously got into modeling and that obviously is the huge priority. And again, it's all you get told is whether it's good or bad. 100%. You either need to lose weight, lose inches, gain something here, do something there, balance out your measurements. Like it's all about your appearance. The entire value. Until you grow yourself as like a personality. personality, But until then, you are booked on a job 100%. Because also in the modeling industry, people that are really mean and and Mm. unprofessional and come late Mm. and don't give a shit still get booked. And this obviously is not you, but they still get booked if they're really, really good looking and they work for the client. So the industry fuels that. 100%. 100%. Anyway, so I really lent into it and I think I've touched on enough in this podcast and elsewhere on social media my history of of where that felt really wrong for me because I started to pick up binge eating patterns because I was um, being super restrictive with my eating and would often really punish myself daily for a long time for whatever I ate or how much I ate and had this huge amount of shame and guilt around it and also treated exercise in a terrible way because it was all about changing my appearance. So I learned a lot through that time and naturally I've tried to then encourage, which we still do to this day, people to not put so much worth on the way that they look. And I do still believe that and I want that to be something that I can continue to champion. However, I will admit that for me it's really hard because... I still think that no matter how much I want that for myself, because it's been so long, like my whole entire life, that the biggest thing people see from me is that the way that I look, and that's the biggest thing that I, that's the external validation I hear the most. I have this fear over times in my life where I lose a little bit of control of the way I look, that I'll gradually become less interesting to people. And it's really, I'm, I feel like I'm really struggling to find the words to put this together because it's, I think I've put it to the back of my mind so many times thinking like, it's, um, it's fine and I've tried to really truly hear the words that I put out there for everyone else. Like, I need to kind of listen to my own advice, Right. But when you rarely hear much else about yourself, it's hard not to lean into it and to try and use it to your advantage or make the most of it because then you worry. It's like, what else do I have? And, I'm, you know, when I speak about this to other people, I'm not looking for them to, like, instantly be like, oh, but you're this, you're that. Because I also know that I work really hard. I know I'm creative. Like, I, I do know those things, which is why I think... I put myself down anytime I feel insecure about it because I'm like, don't be stupid. You know better than that. But I think, unfortunately, it's been a part of my life for so long that it's really hard to get to a point where you don't care, honestly. And it's like, I think I try so hard to fake it till I make it and pretend like I don't give a shit. But I think due to me putting so much pressure or thinking that that's the most interesting part of myself. It's made me almost not try in other areas or not bother because like, you know, no one will recognize anything anyway. And I'm, I'm not the smartest or I'm, I'm not this, I'm not that. So just lean back on what you know, 
you know, you're apparently good at. And I think what's been really hard about that is any time I've felt insecure in the workforce, like with what we do and being business leaders and everything, I wouldn't say I have imposter syndrome because I truly believe that like we've really got ourselves to where we are. And I, I'm not like going to, you know, how they say that you feel like you're in a dream and someone's going to wake you up. I don't feel that way, but I do feel that the comments that were made to me when I was young about not really going anywhere or I think that they still live in the back of my mind because I still put, unfortunately, a lot of my success, and I know I know a lot of it is because of the way I look, but I think I still put a whole lot of it down to the way I look and not, not a lot else. I don't really acknowledge a lot else often, which makes it really hard when I find myself in rooms with all these super inspirational people Um women who have done so well and they're so smart because I feel a little bit out of place naturally. Um, And I think what it's done is unfortunately created in my mind sometimes this comparison between you and me because if I honestly think about outside of your caring everything that I love about you and like why we're best friends, outside of that, your kind of A-type, high-achieving personality, your personality is the type that I didn't really get along with in high school because they saw very little of me. And I think what I've kind of worked out more recently is I know you don't think that. Like, I know I know you don't. You're one of my biggest cheerleaders and I love you for that. But I think there's still something inside of me that, I don't know, just makes me think, that you must be so disappointed in me at times or, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's when the comparison comes up. People ask us a lot if we, because unfortunately with female friendships, comparison can be a really evil thing. I think people, when they ask us that, you know, for a while I was like, nah, never, because I'm so proud of you anytime you succeed in anything and I want the world for you. So I never feel like that with you. However... I think this like deep insecurity of mine that I've had for like my whole life sometimes does come like and murky the water a little bit where I do then compare myself to you and think like that you must do the same and must look down on me and anyway (laughs) it's been like it's something that I'm working through because I don't want to feel this way forever and I want to get to a point where I can truly be proud of everything that I am and not worry about what I'm not. But I don't think I will ever, ever not search for external validation for the way I look. And I think it's purely because that's all I know. (laughs) I don't, I didn't know how to really talk about it. And I'd love to know, I think you are like so supportive in everything that I do. I do wonder as well if you've ever struggled with comparison in our friendship. I just want to give you a hug. (laughs) Uh, we're both sick. Sorry. <laughs> so snotty. <laughs> Sorry. I, I think the the first thing I would say is if you take yourself out of, I know it's really hard to do, but out of our our world and you just go in the body of someone else and you look at you from the outside and what you do at Kick and what you have created at Kick and what we've created together, but without you, there is no Kick. There is no way in the in the world Kick would exist without you. What, what do you think when you see that? 
Like you have built this incredibly successful company that makes an impact on people that is bigger than you and I, much, much bigger. What, what do you what do you think? No, I'm, I mean I'm I'm as I said, I'm so I'm so proud of that. And I do I do think there's a huge part of my brain where I really don't care what people think, where I'm really proud of everything we've done, where I do truly believe in myself and I think I'm creative and I think I'm all of these things more than just the way that I look. I do think there's still a part of my brain that works that way and functions that way. So I can acknowledge that it's incredible. But I just, I don't know how to get rid of mm. this other part that like creates so much self-doubt. I, I would say <laughs> if we think about kick, when we started, like when we started with the ebook, there is no doubt in the world there was, and there still is absolutely privilege in the way that we look. Like we're two size eight yeah. white women, right? Yeah. And who have been accepted by an industry, the modeling industry, that where you need to look away certain way to be in it, right? I do think our the way that we looked definitely played a large part in for sure the start because people were interested in, especially with you, what you were eating when we had our ebook. People yeah. were really interested in that because at that point they were like, "Oh, I want to look like you," right? They thought it was some like equation. Exactly right, which obviously at Kick, that's everything that we, we push against, yeah. right? That it's not, you can't eat the way that we do and look the same. And that's, or, or anyone really in life, right? But from that point, what it has become and where you have grown into your role at Kick in what you do has nothing to do with the way that you look. Nothing. In the whole world. When we have had... I wouldn't even say they're disagreements. It's just like we try, because we love each other so much, we try to protect each other from that extra kind of 5%. You you may be thinking, for example, we've spoken about this recently. You think that I think that you've been letting me down, but you didn't want to burden, this is your words. You said, I don't want to burden you with this because I know it's in my head and I I, I don't... I don't want to put that on you because I know you're stressed. Like that's literally how every single conversation that we have starts if we are really honest with each other. It's like I feel really bad talking about this because I know you're already stressed and I don't want to be a burden, right? But when we speak about that from your side, it's always been the I I think that I'm letting you down when that's not in my head, like not even for for a second. Like where you work and what you do for kick, I can't do. I've got zero attention to detail except unless it's in a number, I can't. I can't see it, right? You, I don't have. I'm not really creative unless it's in stupid ass yes, videos. You, are. you <laughs> I don't have that, it in my body, so right? Are. But there would be no kick without you. There are a lot of people in this world that are really attractive that haven't built a business that you've built. Truly, yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. Again, I didn't want this to like turn into a session because you are again. You're my biggest supporter. It's not like. You've never said some of these things to me. You, you, you do all the time. And I, as I said, I think there's still a part of me that does believe them and is proud. I just don't know how to... I don't know how I'm ever going to be able to complete... And maybe you, you just never completely mm. squash your insecurities, but I just don't know how else I can move past this one because it's been with me for so long. As in, like, it's, it's been due to the way I've been treated... For so long. I I feel like if I knew how to fix it, I yeah, I'd be on my way. Um, but I think the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because I think there is so much that we can do for our friends, for our peers, for the little ones that are growing up to just ensure that they are seen in so many different ways, you know? 
doesn't matter how beautiful someone is. And it doesn't mean don't ever give someone validation. If you think your friend looks beautiful or like, I don't mm. know. Don't, it's, I'm not saying you can't give anyone a compliment. But just try and try and mix it up with the people that you love. If you see that they've done something creative or that they've had some sort of academic achievement or literally anything, they got out of bed and that's something that's hard for them on the day-to-day. Give people compliments outside of one specific thing. Because it's it's not really just looks, by the way. Like, obviously, this is my lived experience. That's what I've grown up with. But, like, for other people, it's the only compliment they ever got was about how smart they were. And so maybe they have insecurities about all these other things that go on in their life mm-hmm. because that's all they've ever heard. So it's just, it's just something that I want everyone to be conscious of, I suppose, in not always highlighting just one thing about someone because it can really... I mean, obviously for me, it's it's really created this like deep insecurity that I don't know how or when I'll be able to kind of completely move past it. Again, I have great days. I have great weeks where I'm, I don't even think about it. But when I do, it's really hard. Mm. I wonder if there's anything for you, Laws, because, I mean, for me, I can't fathom how you would ever compare yourself to me in a negative way because I just, I can only look up and it doesn't have to be to me, but is there something in your life that you, I don't know, resonate with this conversation somehow with that has created something that makes you fall into that comparison trap? So what's coming, well, actually, first of all, I want to say I'm not best friends with you because you're pretty. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, thanks. Like, yeah, I just... No. <laughs> like, I do think you're pretty, but I like... <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. Thank you, though. Um, I think for me, it, it's interesting how when you compare yourself to me with things about, you know, like Laura's the numbers person or Laura's the one that does this in the business or whatever, or the type A personality. I think then for me, I then think, well, I should be good at... Like, for example, this presentation we did the other week. I did the financial presentation and the whole time I was shaking because I was like, I was so nervous about it. I don't know why. But and you nailed it. Well, I didn't. I yes, feel like did. I, I didn't. You did. I didn't. <laughs> but because all I'm thinking is like, well, this is the thing I add value to and I don't even know it But you well. did. You literally, the feedback we got from like experts in the matter was like, you really know your numbers, which is probably... But it was interesting because when he <laughs> said that, the first thing that came into my mind is like, oh, you're just trying to be nice before you give me all the rest of the feedback. Yeah. But again, I, oh, think the that's stuff your, I, don't know. I think that is your A-type perfectionist because you always think you can do better. Whereas I looked at that presentation and I was like, God forbid if I had to do this. But you would be able I to. I wouldn't. And I think that's I the thing. Not. No, I think, and I think that you would be able to. Yes, you would. No, no. But again, I, I do think, I do think that you, I mean, I don't want to take away, obviously you're saying, you're telling me that you didn't feel like you did a good yeah, job. Yeah, validate my feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> oh and God, I'm sorry that you felt that nose. way. <laughs> I'm really sorry that you felt that way. And I remember you saying that on the day. But I just, I don't know how you see that. I really don't know how you don't see how intelligent you are. It baffles me. It really does. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say thanks because I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree with you. I feel like this is... But I think as I was thinking about this topic, I, I think something that we've done really well is we've really owned, in the business, we've really owned what we add. And I think at the start, I mean, I felt I was always like the 
when we first started Kick, I know people said behind my back because I other people told me that they said it. Like Laura's only successful or like getting work or whatever because of Steph. Who said that? Lots of people. I, I honestly have never heard that. Well, yeah, people wouldn't have said it to you. But that that's something that for a very long time, and I do feel now like we know that Kick wouldn't exist without, without each other. Without each other, 100%. And that's the key. Yeah. And we both feel, and I hope, that's why for you, I hope you feel so equal in that because it's, it is absolutely true. It would be like a, we both add rocks to one side. And so if there wasn't the other rock, then it would just fall on the ground. Like a, like a bookshelf. Exactly holder. right. That's it. But that's exactly right. And when I was thinking about childhood, I think the thing for me that's probably plays into this for me and why I feel the way that I said before was because I was never the best at anything. And I think, like, I was never told I was the prettiest or the whatever. Like, people said I was tall, but I find that a really bizarre compliment because it's just a fact that doesn't really... It's just a bizarre... Mm. Anyway. But I think for me, I, I never... I was never that good at... I loved sport. I loved... I did love school a lot, but I never did the best at everything. And then I... Even I felt like when I got my ATAR, which I worked so hard to get mm. and studied so much, I almost felt like... And I don't think I've ever said this on here, but... I felt like I cheated the system, which I, I didn't. Uh, sorry, I, anyone listening that's like, did Laura cheat year 12? No. I, I don't know. I just, I feel like I only got that score, yes, because I worked really hard, but not because I was smart. It's because I'd worked out how to choose the subjects that worked for me to get that score. And I feel like from that point, though, it's like I'm just never good enough in anything that I do. And I'm always that B But is that your player? Own- that's your own. Surely I mean, no one has is. told you that you're not good enough well, I, in I, those things. Like you couldn't have come home with that end score that you did or done the scores no. that you did and your teachers ever went, do better. No, no, no. Yeah. But, so I, but a, I think it is, a, it is internal, but it's also things that I've just done okay in along mm. the years. Like they're the things that you remember because you mm. do get feedback yeah, yeah, yeah. on those things, right? Like my first year of uni, I nearly mm. failed it. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I mm. just knew how to do year 12 really well. Mm. And now I don't think I'm ever going to pass my law degree. Mm. And I think that has then translated into my leadership and in my role because I just continually compare myself to... And it's funny because you always tell me I'm doing such a great job, which obviously like your support of me means so much to... I wouldn't be able to do it without you. But then I just think, oh, it's just because Steph loves me. It's almost like, like, you know how you were saying how your mum gives you... Yeah. It's like for me, I'm like, and I don't know if you feel this way about me, but it's like, I'm like, oh, Steph just loves me so much. I'm not actually doing a very good job. I do feel the same way with, as you, 100%. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But it is, it, it, it's just one of those things that it's like through high school and stuff, I was always in the B team. And I, maybe sometimes, except cross country, I did, I did pretty good in that in the end. But I, because I tried hard, I wasn't a natural runner. I wasn't naturally smart. I wasn't naturally good at anything. And I had to try. So I feel like my biggest worry and insecurity now is when I don't have enough time, here it is actually, this is the moment actually, I just had an aha moment. I don't have enough time to put in the work to be good enough. And when I say don't, I, I'm putting in the work, like I literally work a lot of hours, but it's just like there's only so many hours in the day. Mm. And so I don't have enough time to put the prep work in that I would usually like to, to be good enough to be doing things. And I wonder... And what, I worry about that yeah, because we're yeah. just going to get less time. Totally fair. Totally fair. Because I know the way... And I know where my imposter syndrome comes from. I, yes. And I know the way you like to prepare for things. So I can totally understand that because you can't... You just you just don't have the time to do that for everything that we do. But 
no one in our team or our advisors or whatever would ever tell you that you're not doing enough. They wouldn't. And I think you know that. Like, how, how do you feel like you're going to move past this? Because it is obviously a very strong internal dialogue that you have. Mm-hmm. Because I haven't heard it externally. Like, you're amazing in, like, so many facets as well, not just academically. You're the most caring people a lot of people know. You're the most empathetic people people know. You're the funniest, goofiest person a lot of people know. You're also the clumsiest, but we'll take that as a positive. Yeah, I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> and you are beautiful. And you do get that external validation too from people. So it's like something that you have to rewire in your own brain because even with external validation and all of those things, mm-hmm. you're still not good enough. What do you, what, what is it? I don't know. Take? I don't know. We're very lost souls. <laughs> <laughs> because we embarked on a therapy session without a therapist. Without a so therapist. So at this point we turn and we say, <gasps> I just thought of you, Mandy. Oh, Mandy's <laughs> going to be our therapist. I want to be your therapist. Okay, Mandy, step in. So... I think in terms of um, what you've told each other, right, you've given each other the, I suppose, that validation and that, yes, you are more than what you think you are, yeah. right? I think the more you tell yourself something, the louder that voice is, right? So, for example, if, Steph, if you're telling yourself, I'm only achieving this because I'm pretty, the more that that voice repeats in your head, the louder that voice gets, therefore, the more you believe it. Mm. So, what you have to try and do is every time you catch yourself saying that in your head, block it and then tell yourself what Laura just told you, Mm. right? Eventually, it'll rewire your brain to go, if you tell yourself over and over again, no, no, it's actually because I'm smart, I've worked hard, I've done this. So tell yourself those things every time you catch yourself saying the negative thing. And then eventually that voice will get louder, the, the positive one will get louder. Yeah. And then eventually you'll start believing the truth, which is that you are more than those things. So that's my only therapy advice. I'm not a therapist, but that's, <laughs> that's pretty what good. I'd like to it's say. It's really interesting, Mandy, because I did I've imagine done that. that a therapist would have yeah. a Russian accent. I'm not sure why. Oh, why? <laughs> would you like me to Wait. try again? Wow. <laughs> that wasn't very good. I'm not very good at it's Russian. It's interesting, Mandy, because that exact technique is how I got over a lot of my physical appearance insecurities. Yeah. As in when I had, when I was laser focused on certain things that I didn't love about my appearance, when it was like truly all I gave a shit about, the way that I rewired it was to try and I knew I know I was never going to get over the insecurities, but to try and focus on the things that I did appreciate or that I did like mm. that I didn't hate. But I've never thought to do that with, with this other issue. <laughs> yeah, and and look, I think this is just from my own experience with my own things that come up in my head. It never goes away. Like you can't ever expect. It never really goes away. It always pops into your head, mm. but you just get better at managing it. It's the same with anxiety, same with stress, anything. It's the more you use those tools to work through it, the better you get at it. So it we, it will always still be there. Mm. Um, it never goes away and you have to accept that as well. Yeah. That it's never going to go away and that's okay. But yeah. you just get better at like, yeah, at managing it and that is the best you can do, I guess. Totally. And I think that's probably, to be honest, like that's probably the thing that, that builds up the most like stress or disappointment in myself when I do fall into these thought patterns is that I'm so stuck on it going away one day. And I think I know that it might never go away. And it's almost like when I was going, when I was seeing a therapist and I was talking to them, I was going for, for reasons of, you know, I, I wanted to go there so she fixed the way I controlled my emotions. And she was like, okay, we can't control our emotions, <laughs> but you can be aware of your, you know, way of reacting to an emotion. And that was something that I was working through. And I think 
with what she was saying through that, I think it's a similar thing here. It's like I am focusing so much on trying to squash all the negative and like have that non-existent, which is just not possible, that then I'm just going into a spiral of being disappointed mm. because I can't get past it. Yeah, and I think we all pretty much have that expectation with anything like mental health related. It's like, oh, I want this to be fixed and then go away and then never come back. But it's like the way I now think of it is it's literally like physical exercise where the more you exercise, the fitter you get. So Mm -hmm. mentally, the fitter you get, like I was saying before about repeating those things to yourself, it's like your brain will eventually start to believe that stuff, Mm. um, like the positive version, and then you'll get better at thinking, oh, actually, no, I, I am all these things. I am so much more than just my looks. So... Therefore, I feel better quicker than yeah. what I would have five years ago. Yeah. Because you've exercised that muscle. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, totally. So I think it's the same for anything mental health related. It's, it's never going to go away. It's like if you stopped exercising, mm. you lose fitness. Yeah, yeah. So if you stop exercising that muscle in your brain to make you feel better and doing those mindful exercises and whatever you need to do, then it does slip. But you can, the more you keep it up, the fitter you get mentally. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was a no, really convoluted it. It so explanation. Mm. And I want to say to Steffi, thank you so much for sharing that with us today. I mean, I feel like it was a funny share because I wish I had some sort of takeaway for people, but I don't. Do you know what the takeaway is for me? Thing now is that <laughs> for everyone listening, that you maybe don't see that look up to you for every other fucking reason aside from the way that you look. And for people that are trying, getting up and putting themselves out there, which is what you do every single day that you still show up and you've got to where you've got to even though you have these thoughts in the back of your mind because there would be so many people listening that would think because of these thoughts, they can't achieve or be what they believe that they can be. But you are literally walking and living proof that you can have these thoughts and you can still get up every day and continue to put yourself in the deep end. Seriously, I feel like this would have helped so many people. I don't know so how, thank but thank you. And I love you very much. I love you very much. And again, it's not because you you're pretty. beautiful, clumsy, <laughs> intelligent being. What is the time for? What is the time for? Special share. I mean, what am I talking about? I'm obviously a good singer too. Yeah. <laughs> like, geez, how did I not recognize that in myself? <laughs> You are, yes, you are. You are queen. <laughs> okay, so mine is a book and I'm very late to the party here. It's probably trended on TikTok Do you know why I year. think you're late to the party? Because why? you were telling me about it and I was like, is it the one with the lady with the green, green dress? dress on the cover? If you could visualize like, it. See, no, but it's, it's very good. It's a great book. It's a fiction novel and it's called The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And if you haven't heard of it, Great. I'm glad that I'm the one that's telling but you about it. But you're recommending it. But I'm recommending you it. You did that to me because I have seen this everywhere. Yeah. Have I thought to listen to anyone that said they liked it? No. But now you've told me I will read it. I'm probably one chapter off finishing. <laughs> I love us. I, I love us. No. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm so sharing I've it before. Ju- better it's over. than the first. I think we've done special shares before where well, we've we're watched like, like one episode. So all like, yeah, we're. We're five pages into a 400-word yeah. book, but it is looking good. No, no, no. This, I'm seriously, I'm almost done. But the reason it's a, I think with a book, when you can't put it down or you look forward to going to bed so that you can read it every night. I mean, that's my pattern. Obviously, you can read a book at any point in the day. Um, 
I think that's when you know you've got a good book. Whereas there's another book that I am, I still haven't finished <laughs> and I keep you, putting it off. You want to finish it. I really want to finish it because my book count. is a tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my book count for the year. <laughs> but this one, I just like, I really, I, I'm really looking forward to like finding out more. Anyway, and so if you're interested, without giving things away, basically Evelyn Hugo, she's kind of a big deal. Like a, she's an older Hollywood actress um, and this young writer is chosen by Evelyn to write a biography. And she's never spoken openly about her life before. She was in the tabloids. It sounds as though she was very much like a Marilyn Monroe. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is a fiction novel. It's not a true story. And what I haven't got to, which which is really gripping me, is why Evelyn has picked this writer to write her biography. Because at the moment, she has no idea why. And there's all these other things like the biography. Actually, I feel like I'm going to give it too much away. Anyway, it's really interesting because it goes back to her life. It basically, she's, she's telling this writer her life story. So you're kind of reading the biography in a way. Mm-hmm. But I love it. It's very gripping, very interesting. And Is there romance? Easy, yeah. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Well, she had seven husbands, so you'd hope oh, that true. there was... <laughs> There was some romance in there. But no, yeah, she actually goes into one of the biggest questions that she addresses is who her, like the love of her life was. Because like everyone wondered because she had, had so many marriages. Yeah. You will have to well, read and see. I would love to. You, you, may, you may have it in a couple of days when I'm done Thank with it. You. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode, guys. I, I really appreciate it. If you are still here, I really appreciate you, you listening in um, and I suppose creating a space where Laura and I can be so vulnerable and open because obviously we can do this in front of each other and be comfortable to have these conversations but to feel so comfortable to also talk to all of you guys about these kind of things knowing that they're going to go to so many ears and like my parents ears and stuff like that I think um you you've done that for us like you've been so accepting of us basically talking about anything and being so raw in here so really really appreciate you listening and supporting the podcast always we do and as we mentioned earlier in our kick update Sammy, our new trainer, has landed in the Kick app. If you are not a part of the Kick squad, we would love to have you. We have a seven-day free trial. You can find out more at kickapp.com. The new domain. The new domain. <laughs> um, and you can download on the Apple or Google Play Store. For the Kick pod, if you ever want to get involved, you want to send in a story, a DM, or get involved with a segment, um, please follow us at kickpod on Instagram and you can DM us there. We are also at laura.hensher at Smith. And we'll be back in your ears in two days. We will. On Wednesday. We will. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Bye.